Easy now. Easy now. <laughs> Welcome back to the uh, second episode of the Drive Talk podcast. You remembered the name. I know. I had it written down on my phone here. <laughs> no, I didn't really. Yeah. Well, I'm much less nervous than I was on episode one. Same. Yeah. Yeah, I even got my legs crossed and everything. Yeah. You're much more chilled. We had great feedback from episode one, so that's all good to know that everyone enjoyed it, which is good. Yes. So what we thought we'd talk about today is press trips. Because I don't know about you, but when, when I first started thinking about YouTube, I I saw some press trips that some of the guys were going on and just thought, how do you get on one of them? Yeah. Because they look amazing. Um, and we've been very lucky, both of us, to have been on some amazing press trips and what we thought we'd maybe start with is is this year, I don't want to go back in time to the beginning, but we've, we've done a couple of really great trips this year. So I thought we'd kind of just update you as to what we've been doing and then just talk a little bit about press trips. And on the surface, when you watch someone on them, they look amazing. And don't get me wrong, they are. Yeah. However, there's a lot of pressure. If you're a, a content creator going on one, a lot of pressure to kind of, you know, um, get content made, I guess. In a relatively sometimes difficult period of time. Huge. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's definitely a good subject to talk about. Yeah. Um, because on the face of it, and you and I are guilty for this, as as are most people that go on these trips, we post all the good stuff. As you do, this is social media in, in general, unfortunately. And I say unfortunately because um, the younger generation uh, look at what maybe what we do and what other people do, and they just see the brilliant side of everything and as with everything there's always a, a flip side to that um and i always post great things on my instagram account as do you but uh there is a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to produce those great moments you never post when you're having a bad day do you? you never post when you're having a bad day no i'll have the occasional rant and then probably delete that but uh yeah absolutely but before we get into that we are here again at podium place um amazing venue to record the podcast and we've got a few products in front. So I don't know oh. if you guys have been to Podium Place. They have a, a coffee roastery downstairs and they do do the best coffee. They do. Um, although, I don't know what, someone, who's been leaving this here? Seen through glass, who's it? Seen through glass. Yeah. No idea. Don't know who he is. No. <laughs> Great coffee, by the way. Yes. And what have you got over? So I've got coffee and you've got car detailing products. I have, yeah. Well, they've got a fantastic... Who never details his cup. I know, yeah. I don't know why they're on my side. I'm I'm definitely more of a coffee uh, drinker than a detailing product guy. But, um, but yeah, they've got an amazing detailing bay here. Um, and, I mean, they do everything. It's like a one-stop shop, this place. Um, so, as we talked about in the first episode, it's definitely worth a visit down here um, in this private members... Podium Paddock. Podium Paddock. Uh, they've got some amazing sims down there. That you and I might have got really competitive over a couple of months ago. We might need to have a play on those <laughs> on, stage, on a podcast. Yeah, I think we're going to have to include them into a podcast at some point. Uh, but they got brilliant food down here. That everything and anything. Um, it's a really great place to come down. And I'm not just saying that. Like everything on this podcast, it's an organic shout out. I know you and I came here for the first few times organically. In fact, the first time I saw it was through that um, dodgy coffee label down there, yeah. Sam. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's a really nice setup. So massive thanks to, to, to these guys. Interestingly, I think pretty much when this podcast goes out, I'm going to be going on tour with Podium Tours. Oh, you are. And Sam is coming along. Yes. So it'll be really interesting to kind of, going back to what we talked about in episode one, you know, how we got into 
YouTube. Well, Sam and Scenes Plus was one of the channels I can remember watching him grow, hitting a thousand subscribers and so on. Yep. Um, and now to think all these years later, I'm about to go on a tour with him and it's, it's very, very cool. Very bizarre. Yeah. yeah. So um, an interesting segue then to talk about Michelin because we're going to talk about press trips and my first ever press trip was with Michelin. Yeah, I remember you saying that and I wasn't on it. No, no, no. I was tiny. I was, I don't know, 5,000 subscribers, something like that. That's yeah. the time when I met Jonathan Benson. Benson. I review. So we went to Le Doux to the tyre test facility. Oh, that's cool. Near Clermont-Ferrand and did some tyre testing. And I, I just remember thinking, wow, I'm on a press trip. And, yeah. and here we are, you know, what, six years later. Yeah. Um, working with Michelin on the podcast. So it's, it's it, you know, it's a cyclical thing what comes around. Goes, yeah, full circle. It's, it's really cool. But so yeah, press press trips are one of those things. I think first things first to to get on the radar of a brand to get asked to go on a press trip, you need to have put the work in first. I think, or do you? <laughs> I think no, I'll I'm go going with that one. Yeah, I do. Yes. <laughs> so, I think in our cases, yes, you do definitely. But uh, unfortunately, because you need. So why would you get invited on a press trip? So a press trip for me, there's two types. There's uh, a car launch or car showcase. So you're going to drive a car. Yep. Um, maybe it's a new model. Um, the, the you know that's just come to market, and they invite a bunch of uh, social media content creators. I'm not going to use the word influencers and journalists. And you go to a venue somewhere. It might be in the UK. It might be abroad. And you get access to a car, and you and you create content around that car. The other type of press trip are maybe more lifestyle event based so you might get invited to um well michelin took you to the mall last year for example yep yep um so you need an audience because what the brand is wanting to do is get whatever that trip's about on social media right yep get the numbers so if you're you could grow your audience organically which is what you and i have done or you could buy one yes or buy 100 or buy 100,000. and i think this is the problem that we face because we both know how hard it is to grow things organically, the channel, your Instagram account. Um, and we can both also very easily spot the frauds out there. And unlike, let's say, relating it to a job where you might need a degree or at the very least some A-levels or even GCSEs, um, I'm sure people have lied about them in the past. But with, with it, it's your CV, really, isn't it, yeah. in many ways? Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, these days, it's very easy to buy yourself a load of followers um and the brands and the manufacturers don't seem to have the capacity or time to look through or sift through some of these people and you just look at their accounts and i mean they they couldn't be more obviously fake to you and i and and and, and they're getting treated in the same way sometimes if they've got more followers than you they're being treated nicer or better than you are and you're like but this is a real following and you but i mean that's it, it goes on i'm sure in every single I would have thought, I mean, maybe it's worth just explaining what we mean by growing it organically, because some people might not know what that means. So you you create content on, on a social media platform, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Yep. But the content becomes popular. It's viewed by people, and those people take it upon themselves to follow you or subscribe to your channel. There's no monetary exchange. No. And that's what we mean by organic growth. So yep. you create good quality content, you're engaging... Um, and and that's how you grow your audience. Or it's possible to go to third parties and effectively buy followers on Instagram, 
Um, it's a bit more tricky to buy subscribers on YouTube, but I, you know, I think you can still do it. And then you grow this audience. So it looks like you've got, I don't know, 100,000 subscribers. Yep. But half of those are fake accounts, effectively. Yep. Um, but the challenge with that metric of how many followers you have on Instagram or how many subscribers you have on YouTube, that's this benchmark that describes how big you are, yep. how much of an audience you have. Yep. How... Um, effective would it be if you went on a press trip with somebody? Yeah, how valuable you are. This amazing audience to share that experience with. Yep. So when you're on a press trip with someone who's clearly not got a genuine audience, and you could tell that because they've got 100,000 followers on Instagram, they put a picture up and it gets liked by 10 people. Yeah. <laughs> and then they hide their, those 10 people's likes. Yeah. So you can't even see how many likes yeah. they've got. So you're like, okay, because if you've got 100,000 followers and you put a like, it should be thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. It, so. Yeah. So let, I, that's probably, we wanted to get that off our chest for a while. Yes. Well, it is something that does bother, I think, a lot of uh, genuine content creators. Uh, it is disheartening when you go on these trips and you're like, oh, I've worked so hard to get here. This is so cool. And then you meet someone, you're like, uh, and you look at their account, you're like, ah, oh, you've literally been going five minutes. You spent a hundred quid on fake. But anyway, we could we could talk about this for, yeah. for, for years. But um, so, so why don't we talk about... Um, the trips we've been on this year. Yes. And then what I'd really like to do is explain or take the listener stroke viewer behind the scenes of what it's like to go on one of those trips and the sure. pressures that, that that we feel. I don't know whether they're imposed by anyone else other than ourselves. But So I guess first off this year, I mean, I don't know whether you went, the first one we went on together was Dakar. Yes. Um, In Jan yeah, January. Mid yeah, of January. January. Oh, man. So we were invited to Dakar by Audi UK. Yep. Um, and it was an amazing trip because we got really great access to to the team uh, unfortunately by the time we flew out because we flew out for the last weekend and the last day yep audi only had one of their three cars remaining in the in the race which was a bit gutting and carlos Sainz, who i really really wanted to meet had flown home the day before yeah because yeah. he'd had a big accident which subsequently found out he'd actually damaged his back wow in that accident yeah so um, but yeah. for those of you that don't know about Dakar, so it's basically two weeks, wasn't it? Yeah. Two weeks of racing, about three thousand miles. Yeah, it's a long one, uh, right. and 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 hardly any of that is on anything remotely uh, resembling a road. So it's like sand dunes and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, it rained. We were out there. It rained for two of the three days we were there. So the sand was actually mud, which was really weird. Um, and yeah, these. I mean, it's just hardcore. The, the the courses, the navigation. There's so many technicalities to it all. Uh, and then the, the survival of the machine and the driver itself is obviously right at the end of it. Of because originally it was Paris Dakar, so it was a race from Paris to Dakar. Yeah, it's Dakar. I can't remember what country it's in now. It's uh, isn't it Morocco? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Probably know that really. Yeah. And um, but they 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 had to change the route because of instability and, and unrest in the region. Then they took it to South America for. A good few years and now it's hosted in saudi arabia and they just race around saudi arabia in, in the dunes yeah but like i said the endurance and I, and I think for me the logical thing was i went to look at the cars because the cars are amazing and the audi car was an amazing piece of technology yeah but the bikes i mean the the uh, the monomoto guys the guys who are unsupported there's one guy a bike yep their toolkit's in this little crate no one else can touch it no one else can touch the bike yeah and they're out on the stage for like, I don't know, eight hours or something. And they come in and they have to fix their bike. Yeah, the any day. issues. They can eat. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. It's totally self-sufficient. I think the only things that, is it their tents or something get carried from stage to stage yeah. with the trucks. But I love the camaraderie um, and the, the, the teamwork between everyone. Like yeah. 
you could see everyone was helping out. And in fact, we were really lucky because we, we were literally on the ground. We had dinner in one of the big uh, tents one night, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. Like thousands of people, yeah. all the teams, the mechanics, the riders, the drivers, they were all in the same tent. And that was really cool because uh, you could feel, especially on that day, it was, I think it was the, the penultimate day yeah. or night. So you could, you could feel the relief and the happiness of, of people. You could feel the stories in the room and the tension or, or whatever. It was really, really cool. Um, yeah, that was a special, special trip. To be in that bivouac and then and the, the guys on the trip, because we had to Harry Metcalf on the trip. Yes. You know, I always joke, Harry's the only YouTuber older than me. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, to have followed him for such a long time, yeah. even pre-YouTube when he was in Evo and all that kind of yeah stuff he's he's such a legend and then to have him on the trip and to and, and it was a privilege just to spend time with him we were out on on the last day that you know we went out on, and watched one of the stages and and we were there with harry and he's there with his binoculars and he was so excited he was like a, a brilliant giddy child wasn't he it was yeah. just so cool to see yeah someone of that ilk in the industry just clearly absolutely loving it he's been a big dakar fan for a long time he's got a collection of Dak cool dakar bikes yeah um, and it was it was really really amazing to just spend time with him. A bit of a pinch me moment actually. Yeah. Trying, trying not to be a fanboy. Yeah, no. I, well, I remember both of us were super excited at one point. We we're all standing together. It was like this is so cool. But Joe messaged me because we got the list of who was coming on it, and Joe was like, "Pet, pet, pet. Harry's coming." I was like, yeah. what? What? Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was a really really good trip. Um, and then, um, then you went off. You did the trip. I was very jealous of. So the other the other thing about being a YouTuber is is when you get to know other YouTubers, and and it's great if you get invited on a trip together because you can share it. But when somebody gets invited on a trip and you don't, yeah, it's really really annoying. And you went to uh, ice driving with VW. That yes. looked insane. Yeah, to Sweden, the top of Sweden. Um, and again with with these press events, and when we'll talk a bit more about the structure of them soon. Um, and the good bits and the bad bits. But a lot of these experiences, let's say, uh, are always fun, but they're usually in a, a, a medium to small amount of fun. They're like teaser fun. And by the time you film something and done whatever, it's all over and you're on the plane home or driving home, whatever it is. But this particular Volkswagen uh, press trip, and I have to give them a shout out, is an experience that you can buy as a customer. And in fact, it was a customer event the Volkswagen last minute had some spaces on, so they decided to to send out some uh, journos or content creators. So I was luckily influencers, yeah. Um, so I was very lucky that I was one of those. And um, and I tell you what, it was three. Well, the actual customer event is four days, but I had about two and a half days on the ice. And when I say two and a half days, I mean two and a half days behind the wheel, not two and a half days of of briefings and safety this and that is like two and a half days of 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 behind the wheel in this uh volkswagen golf r 20th anniversary um and and what made it so good was well the, all the instructors that the, the course they'd made they kind of cut in it's almost like an f1 circuit but into ice um but it was safe like you could you, if you ran wide it was like a bedford version of, of ice if you like so if you did run wide you would only get the car stuck at the very worst. You wouldn't damage too many things. But it was just such an amazing experience for me because I got to hone my skills more and more and more and more. And you could keep making mistakes, which is what you need to do to get better at driving. You can't do that on a track day because you'd end up, you know, breaking lots of cars and crossing. But it was just 
honestly, two and a half days in, I still didn't want it to end. And the only thing that was limiting me uh, by t- after about the two day mark was my mind. And the instructors there were saying, look, you're going to really feel it after a day or two. It's your mind's going to be the first thing to let go, not your physicality, because you've got, you know, it's a modern car. You've got, um, you, 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 you've got electric power steering. You've got everything's easy. But your mental state of focusing that hard for two days um and and i remember i was absolutely destroyed when i got home for a few days but that was that was brilliant i i absolutely love that and i think that's going to be as an actual driving experience i think that's going to be very very hard to beat um it's right up there yeah because you you know we all watched the likes of chris harris and tiff i guess in the day the sliding cars around yes and and you know the only way you get to be able to do that is to practice a lot yeah. in a place where if you have an accident it's not going to damage the car too much exactly. on a runway yeah on an airfield in a right in a nice track Isolate, or, yeah. or lower speed low traction surfaces and stuff yep otherwise you just never get that feel and no. you know i watched your videos and i'm like damn he's gonna he's already good it's really annoying he's already good at driving like you know doesn't need to be any better yeah but that that did look some something else it was yeah it was amazing it was a real real experience um and yeah i think that was january i'm gonna have to get my calendar out because then we kind of so we went from okay let's have a look it wasn't that long after that then we went to evilo with michelin of course uh yeah so let's just have a look uh then when was michelin michelin was uh oh yeah so oh that was the beginning of march yeah michelin yeah yep um which was which was awesome i mean that was one of those that was what I'd class as, as an experience, like an overall experience. Yeah. So again, we by that time we were already in quite deep discussions at Michelin about supporting the podcast. Yep. And the original plan was that we would go to Finland and and actually record the first episode of the podcast in Finland. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't because it would have been a bit cold. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was so cold. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad we didn't because we we learned we've learned a lot in terms of how you physically have to put one of these together and then yep. we got the the schedule and i guess this is one of the things we'll come on to in a moment is when you go on one of these there's there's an itinerary and and yep. the itinerary for that michelin trip in Ivalo was literally from the moment you landed to the moment you left the country you had something on yeah but it was a it was a really interesting deep dive into the world of michelin so there was yes we got to do some driving and i got to drive on ice for the first time which which we'll come to in a minute it was amazing yeah but Michelin have the Michelin Guide. They have Michelin starred restaurants. We had some amazing food. Yep. We we it kind of embedded ourselves into the culture of Finland, which I knew very very little about. Yep. And 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 those are the types of trips where, and and it's maybe a natural segue to come on to how you create content. You know, you go on something like that and think, well, okay. You look at the at the itinerary and think, well, what am I going to create here? Yeah. What's it going to look like? How am I going to film it? I've got x number of other influencers they're all on the trip probably doing a similar thing yep how do i make mine a little bit different to theirs yep how do you cater yours for your audience as well because everyone's got different it was a very life i'd call it more of a lifestyle trip yeah um in the sense that it wasn't just about like you said it wasn't the driving it was the experience overall the tablet hotels as well yeah all these things it's like how do i how do i package this the best for my audience um and 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 you've got that's all a on the fly decision really isn't it, it it's is. not a... you can on a car i think a car launch is probably easier yeah um so let's let... research things like weight uh cabin space you can research all these things before you do a right. car launch <laughs> watch the first episode of the podcast or listen to it if you haven't done already <laughs> thank you 
Um, let, so let's talk about we we'll do car launch first, and then and then um, lifestyle. Yes. So you go into a car launch because you've just come back from M2 in Phoenix. Yep. Which is, that was pretty good. Jealous. Yeah. Um, but and I've done I've done quite a few of those, and the first one you go on, I remember thinking, oh my, this is the best thing ever. And then you yeah. get on the plane, and you look at everyone that's on the, and then I just had this overwhelming panic hit me because I'm thinking. I, I, in my head, I'm working out how much it's cost for my seat on that trip. Yeah. How few people go on them. Yep. And I'm thinking, I need to justify my place on this trip. I need to create content that's going to do well enough for me to get asked on another one. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Because I don't want it to be a one, a one trip wonder. You've got to be social on the trip with everyone that's there. Yep. Uh, you're, you know, you're everyone that's there. You've got to show time for while you're still stressing in the back of your head. So you got to put a brave face on and yeah. everything's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the mission. So sorry, the uh, M2 trip. Um, yeah. So we're just talking about the structure, right? Of, yeah. of how they are, because so that particular trip, I think there was like several weeks of rotations, maybe three weeks, because the whole world had to go out to that essentially. So I think we shared it with Germany. So the German uh, influencers or whatever, and and journalists were there, um, and the and the UK just depends. Sometimes you're with the Americans or the French or whatever. Um, but there was certain, there's two types, but there's several types of journalists or content creators, isn't there? There's there's your written journalists that you still go on trips with, yep. which we're jealous of on many of these trips because some of these trips, you get there, you get off the plane, you end up sharing a car with someone sometimes you don't know yep. for, for a matter of hours. And that sounds like a lot of time, but it's not if you're filming. And then that written journalist can enjoy their trip enjoy the car and then sort of think about everything get on the plane and write their piece when they're home or on the plane whereas when you're filming it it's very different because you've got to film everything obviously think about what you're saying learn everything there and then make sure you're not getting anything wrong or as few things as possible lightweights like lightweights and yeah i mean the important stuff that you wouldn't get wrong um and then, and 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 then, obviously, by the time you get on the plane, and you think, "Oh no, I didn't, I didn't talk about that, or I didn't include this," or it's already too late by that point. And and I think there's such a changing landscape for for how these trips are run because they've got or at the moment they've got to kind of cater for everyone. And I think I was with you in Evolo when I got my M2 original program, and I was really stressed out by it because. It basically said that we picked the car up and we spent seven hours driving it across America, Phoenix. Uh, it's like a round trip with the lovely lunch stop or whatever else. I mean, it would have been beautiful if I wasn't having to film a video uh, and then return the car. And and basically it was seven hours of driving and it was seven hours of sharing the car with someone. Now, from a content creator's point of view, that's a nightmare because I'm personally not... That would be great if I was out there for a jolly... But if I'm there to, to film something, I just want a section of road that's got reasonably nice backdrops and 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 and, and, and my own time and space with the car. Uh, but thankfully, the program that I'd been sent was actually for the written journalist. Because uh, <laughs> when I inquired about that, they're like, oh, no, no, don't worry. We've got this little section of road. It was like 10 minutes each way. Uh, there was film crews around. There was everything there. The police even, the police or the sheriffs closed the section of road uh, for me to do like um, timing uh, timing stuff on because the speed limits were a bit yeah a bit sort of low out there um, and and so everything kind of fell into place because it was like wow I've got this section of road it's so quiet the police are going to close it can film everything 
the pressure's off. Suddenly, you, everything works in your way. Um, but that wouldn't necessarily appeal to someone who is a written journalist because they just want to get in the car and go and drive on varied roads. And um, so, yeah. He's not, I mean, I did a Maserati thing last year. I went to Sicily for MC20 Jello. Yes. And oh, yes. There was only three three people there. Yeah. And me and then a, a guy, two guys from France who were together. Um, so really low numbers. There were more. There was probably three times as many Maserati people than as there were, you know, Jewett roads. Yeah. Uh, and we had a we had a route and we had a lunch stop. But what was really cool is they said we've got a professional film crew that because you're on your own, they'll do drive-bys and camera to ca- car to car stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you want help with your filming, and it was just mega because you instantly the film was better because I had a third party helping me yes yeah uh, and i'm thinking oh i wish every manufacturer did that it'd be fantastic it would and i think a lot of them do the lot of the bigger ones but a lot of the time they've just got the one or the two groups and if you're there with sort of 15 other journalists they probably already nabbed them yeah. um so then yeah it's uh but again that kind of goes back to what we talked about i think on the first episode was being self-sufficient in the way that we are it's good that we can wish for something like that but if it doesn't come we can adapt just and get on with it. Make do and med- just make it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and it's not raining like it is here in the UK. That's the other good thing about a lot of these. Although I've said, so this year, I think I've jinxed the weather because when we were in Dakar, it rained for two or three days. And when it rained, remember that trip when we ran, in fact, it was on my Instagram story. We ran back to the car. We got absolutely down to our underwear soaked. Um, then I was in Arizona and it rained for about an hour of the day that I was there for the M2 launch. And they said it hadn't rained for months. Uh, and then more recently, uh, I've just got back from um, Salt Lake City and Moab Desert, and it rained the first day I got there. It rained, so I was like, "I think it's me. I'm dragging this UK weather around with me." But um, but yeah, weather's a big factor for everything. Rain, rain is, and again, you, until you get a camera out, try and make a video of a car. Rain yeah. is the worst thing ever because you can't really do any external stuff because you get rain on the lens you yep. can't put cameras on the outside of the car which i always like to have four cameras running on a car same um because it gives you lots of interest to cut to and you can't really do that when it's raining because the cameras get stuff on them yep so you're stuck with cameras on the inside yep and it just it just knackers your whole your whole time it it mm-hmm. does and and that's something else that maybe you don't think about when you watch our videos i see it a lot and i don't do too many now because drag race videos tend to attract a negative audience as opposed to a positive audience um but it's the if you do a drag race video and it's wet oh why'd you do it in the wet well <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> do you think this just happened do you think i just thought this morning oh it's raining let's go and do a drag race no i thought a month ago let's try and get that car involved that car involved book the land book the runway which costs a lot of money insurance whatever else and then it just so happened to rain and you know you don't want it to rain ever do you i mean rain is is our enemy in a lot of uh, cases, but yeah. It, so when you see a video and it is raining for either of our channels, uh, it's not. It's definitely not out of choice. You just gotta you gotta get on with it a lot of the time, and uh, and that can be challenging and hard. And I think that's why the winter months. I never look forward. I've never looked forward to going into winter months anyway. Before I did YouTube, but I think more so when you're filming YouTube and you've got a press car in the summer. If you've got a press car for a week it's a nice amount of time to have a car because you're like, oh, I've got, should I film it on Monday or Wednesday or Friday or the weekend? What, what? But in the in the winter, it's like, right, I've got it for this week. 
How's the weather looking? Dreadful, yeah. dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. And you've only got from like nine till maybe three, three thirty. Yeah. Right, and then then it's too dark. Daylight out. Yeah, everything. So it's it is really challenging in the winter to get uh, content you're happy with and weather that you're happy. Then you've got the wind factor. It might not even be raining, but if you're outside and it's absolutely blowing a gale, um, you know, then the wind. You're worried about the lapel mic and all these outside factors. Uh, and and then someone goes. You could have washed the car. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They are the best. Yes. Yes. I get that a lot. But maybe I should actually wash my car. Um, but yes, I get I get that a lot with Prescott. I even sometimes I even I think uh, the Octavia, uh, um, Skoda Octavia VRS, which is a great car, um, filmed that recently. And I even put like a, a part in the beginning of it. I was like, right, the weather's been awful. And even if I cleaned it this morning and I drove it down here, it'd still be dirty. So just just putting that out there, like just no. Um, but yeah, that that is a big that's that's that is challenging. Yeah. Anyway, back to press trips. Back to press trips. Yeah, where where do we get to? What, 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 what? Well, we, we I think we we're talking about car press trips, and the 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 final bit is is how the 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 thing I was I I love being invited on press trips or launches. Yeah. But sometimes, and recently I've done it a couple of times. Um, I've just not long ago had a, a Lexus, an RX 450H, and I was invited to the press drives of that, which was a UK event, but I couldn't make it. I had something else on. Yeah. And I sent the press team a note. I said, look, thanks for the invite. I, I can't make it, but I'd actually much rather just have the car for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I, I've got much more time to spend a couple of days with the car before I even put a camera on it. Yeah. And, and then and really learn the car. I could do something more interesting. I can take it on a bit of a road trip or whatever. Um, I think that's especially the case with electric cars. I did a DS launch um, about a month ago, and I only had the car for an hour and a half, two hours. You can't yeah. really talk about what the range is going to be like. You can't get your head around the infotainment system. So. No. And then you've got a whole bunch of other people doing exactly the same thing with the yeah. same car on the same roads. Yeah, yeah. And and if there's an embargo, they all live all at the same time. <laughs> yes. And you're like, well, how can I be different? Um, yeah. It's like the studio shoot thing. I've only done a couple of those. I know you've done quite a few now. Yeah. Um, I did my first one this year, and I was so excited about getting invited. Yeah. Because it means you're on the radar. Yeah. Great. And then then just this, oh my god, this panic of how am I going to make mine different? Yeah. You can't drive a car. You can't do anything with it you're just in a studio yeah and that that's the bit that uh, that the it, it, it's a real pressure um yeah to to try and come up with a slightly different angle i think if you use your own style that helps yep um but you still need to think of something that's a bit different yeah no i much prefer the whole i think audi have done a few over the years where uh one that springs to mind was RS6 back in 2020. So I think it was... Oh, was that the one where you drove it, drove the car back or drove it out there? Yes, drove it... Uh, I can't actually remember, drove it out there. Yeah. So just pre-COVID, actually, it must have been I think, January 2020, maybe. Uh, RS6. So it was it was a press trip that they were having in Baden-Baden out in Germany in the Black Mountains, Black Forest, Black Mountains, one of the two. One's in Wales, one's in Germany. Yeah, one in, the forest. one in Germany. Black Forest. Black yeah. Forest. Um, and... Uh, so there were, I think there was like three different rotations when you're out there, but then there was also the option to drive out or drive back. Um, to you and I, straight away, that drive out. Why? Because, well, you get the car, I got it delivered in the UK, clean. had it for a day clean, clean, so I could get some nice detailed shots of it while it's clean. Uh, and then spend two days getting out to Baden-Baden, um, filming my own video. But the first day really was just time-lapsing and getting to used to the car, like you said having some time behind the wheel 
take it on the autobahn on the way out there experiencing lots of things with the car so that when i turn the cameras on the next day i've done so much in that first 24 hours um and and that to me is an absolute godsend and yes audi covered uh obviously the euro uh, star uh euro tunnel rather because they need to get the car out there for the press launch anyway and maybe my hotel and like whatever but um but it, that to me is so much better than flying out somewhere and having the car for a couple of hours and then just getting rid of it um I love those adventures because you're you're not you're not stuck. You, you you've got more freedom, haven't you, of what you can do and where you can go. And one of my best press trips was with Mini, and it was a similar thing. Mini Mini had to get three Minis to Turin for a press event. Yes, yeah. And they looked into getting them transported out there. And then the guys at Mini press team went, "Well, why don't we just get three YouTubers to drive them out there?" And they they invited me, Tom, Tom Harris, our good yeah. mate. Uh, and another print journal, actually, and and we drove them out there. It was a red one, a white one, a blue one. Yeah, we drove them out to Turin, and we recreated the Italian job in Turin, and drove around the Lingotto car factory on the roof. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah. It was just, it was just an immense trip. But yeah. it was a very clever thing for them. So they had, they then had their cars in Turin for the event that week, but they also had three lots of content made of getting them there, and yeah. it was just such a, a a clever spin. And like you said. You, you sit in the car for you know a couple of days and you learn so much about it and you create some really cool some really cool content and that was still just as a as a trip i yeah. think for me as a mini fan to to suddenly be on the lingotto car factory roof with three cars and be allowed to drive it which you can't do anymore they've stopped driving right you can't get up there and what health and safety probably whether it, i think though you could never drive around all of it because they put a cafe at one end but okay. you could drive around about sort of two-thirds of it yeah um and uh, it was very special, but yeah, to to do that. But that 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 kind of thing where you get to drive it back, or you get to yep. drive it drive it there, um, do something a little bit special. That they're cool, definitely really cool. Yeah. Although filming a road trip, I find really difficult if you're on your own. Yeah, I think I, I think one of the challenges for that because I did quite a few petrolhead tours, um, road trips, which. Uh, which are still my favorite sort of road trips ever. Um, shout out to Pete and Dan, if you're watching, listening. Um, and I think when I went on the first one with them back in 2017, maybe, I was a bit, well, firstly, sometimes you can film too much. In fact, that's one thing you'll do when you first start out on YouTube, and it's something I still do to this day. Uh, and Patrick will vouch for this, because I'm always, if Patrick comes on a trip with me, was like, did you get that? Yes. Did you get that? Yes. Did you get that? Yes. Let's get a bit more of this, a bit more. He's like, no, you got enough, a bit more. And then you get home, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got way gigabytes of dates. <laughs> yeah, you got way too much. And I think that on that first trip, I did overfilm. I had GoPros everywhere, constantly filming, going through memory cards and stuff. But you are, you, but there's so many cool things happening on a road trip that you do tend to overfilm. And, and what that does is give you more than enough content, but then gives you an absolute headache when it comes to the, the edit because you've got to get rid of a load of stuff, number one, and, and it's just hard to sift through. But I think, yeah, road trips are hard because you tend to miss the stuff that's amazing on camera sometimes if you're not recording enough. It's like, it's a fine balance. And also you don't want it to, like so many of these experiences, trips, press trips, whatever, you don't want to ruin your experience. It's like when you go to, we all, we've all done it, football game, rugby match, whatever it might be, a concert, and you're there going, oh, yeah, this is amazing. I'm going to shit. And it's like, you, and then you get to the end of it, you're like, did I actually really enjoy any of that? Probably not, because I'm watching it through your phone. I'm watching it through my phone, and everyone does it. The whole crowd's got, and it's the same on a lot of these trips, is 
we're there to create content a lot of times so we have to do it but you've got to be careful that you don't ruin the experience and your own experience because you're but i think that comes with with time and practice the more oiled you are doing it the more you can then enjoy the trip it's it's a bit like this podcast yeah the first episode i i'm not going to say i didn't enjoy it but i was nervous and and until it was finished i was like okay yes you're like a different guy on this one seriously. oh am i yeah i'm feeling a lot more i'm not shut him up to be honest I'm really, I'm really a lot more relaxed now and really enjoying it because the nerves have gone and it's just like we're just sitting here and talking and there happens to be cameras rolling and microphones in front of us. But um, but yeah, it's uh, can't have lost my point. Yeah, anyway, I think I mean the the we talk about filming too much. So if we go to the Evolo trip, yeah, which is like a lifestyle trip. Yeah, so that. So I go on a car launch. I kind of know in my head format of my videos. I, I stand by the car and do an outside bit, do an yeah. inside bit take it for a drive, talk about what it's like to drive. And, and that's kind of a, in my head a video. Yeah. You, you go on a lifestyle trip, you're like, well, which, which bits of this am I going to... Some of it's just, do I bother with YouTube? You use Instagram a lot and do stories. And yeah. Got a much bigger Instagram following than I have. Um, but on Evolo, I'm like, well, I, I'll definitely film the driving bits. So I knew we were going to get to drive some cars on ice and, and have some experiences. In my head, I'm thinking they're definitely going to be there. Yeah. But when we went for a meal on the first night, you're like, well, do, do I film any of this? And then yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not going to film any. And then and then you see all these people getting their cameras out, filming stuff, and you're like, maybe I should be filming that as well. Yeah. And then you find out half of them are food bloggers, so they're like filming the chef cooking the dinner and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you, then you're panicking because you're thinking, well, should I be filming this or not? And yeah. What's the video going to look like? And then you get back home at, with all these rushes to look through, and then you try and put a video together. And yeah, it is. It is. Like I said, you also just want to enjoy it. Yes. And I think that's important for for us, but it's also important for our audience because they they know us well enough now that they can see. It's like a couple of years ago, I was going through a bit of stress in my life and I I filmed for probably six months. I was having a really stressful period of, of life, which unfortunately happens to most people. You know, you go through ups and downs in life and that was, that was a down year. Um, and... Uh, I thought I was okay and cracking on with stuff, but when I look back through my content and I remember people at the time saying, you know, oh, you okay, you know, you don't, you seem a bit s- stressed and, and I think it's really, your audience know you better than you do sometimes, you know, you think oh, I'll put on a brave face and I'll be fine, but actually they can see that there's a problem or the stress. So if that, if you're a various press trip and you're not really enjoying it or you look a bit stressed. You don't really want to convey that or film yourself, do you? You kind of you, you, you want it to be as natural and normal as possible. But it is it is difficult. Um but yeah, that I mean that trip had a bit of everything in it. Uh I think my personal highlight, and I'm sure it was yours as well, was was the rally the Porsche rally cars on, on Michelin's so they were Michelin studded tires. Um but they were like rally spec ones, completely illegal on the road. I mean, these studs. They're only about five inches wide at the tire <laughs> and a yeah. massive yeah. studs. Massive studs, aren't they? But the car, those cars, the suspension setup on those cars was just awesome. Yeah. And the grip levels were just, I mean, it was just silly. Like, uh, considering you were literally on ice, how you could stop and go was almost equivalent to a road car in the, in the rain, you know? Like, but what, again, though, you get access to the car. We had what? four or five laps of that track and that was it yeah 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 so that was that was it there's no can i have another go can i can i go back and f- i missed that bit it was no one, one take wonder it yes was, it was you know yeah i've got to get in this car 
get it sideways enough so it, I look like I know what I'm doing on YouTube. Yeah. And then before, uh, you know, I was like, and spit some words out. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. So I'm going to come back <laughs> in again. Uh, but it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the highlight actually was the, um, uh, the guy, the drone, the guy flying the drone from the passenger seat. Oh, yes. Oh, oh my goodness gracious me. So he, Silver, shout out yeah, to Silver like, if you're watching. Absolute it. legend. So you know, we're we're at the end of the day, we 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 got to go in a uh, a nine eleven uh, with Michelin's head uh, test driver. Yep, on ice, just balletic the way he drove that car. It was beautiful. Yeah, and we were talking about it in the bar afterwards, and we could see Silver editing this video, this drone footage, and I'm like, oh my god! And I went over, it's the best drone footage I've ever seen. I went, wow. Who was uh, who was helping you fly the drone? Because normally, when you when you at that level, you have one person flying the drone, yep. one person doing the camera on the drone. There's yep. two people, yeah, and normally actually a third person spotting. Yeah. Said, so, wow, where, who was helping? He went, oh no, I was doing it myself. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, where were you? Went, I was in the car. <laughs> he was the passenger <laughs> in the car. Passenger seat of the car. Because it went, we were stood waiting for our go, and the car went past fully sideways, and the drone was about ten feet in front of about it, about a foot off the yeah, ground, flying, back, undulating, flying backwards. backwards. And Silver was just driving it, flying it from the front seat of the car. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, in fact, yeah. If if if, if you want to see that clip, give us a shout out on the on, on our Instagram uh, because our five nine five moto or something, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. N- yeah. We'll, we'll we'll send you the link it's, to it. Uh, it's unreal. It Absolutely is. unreal. Yeah. And you said so you you get to see and appreciate other people like him, who is just a magician at what he does. Um, Do you know what though, mate? I watched that and went, I'm never going to use drone footage. <laughs> Ever again. Yes. <laughs> I get my little DJI Mini 2 and hover it and flood drive fast. Well I, well, I take my drone everywhere. I've just I've just come back from Moab and uh, I took it out there. To be fair, though, I did have good intention of getting it out of the bag, but there was you needed all sorts of crazy permits out there, which I didn't have time for. But, um, yeah, drones are... Oh, drones, <laughs> if you're not crashing them or you're not allowed to fly them, they, I mean, there's always a reason that they're not up in the air. You know, there's... They're, they're, there's something that you always want if you haven't got one, and then you get one, and you find that you never use the thing. I think, I mean, there's, I guess there's a legal caveat we probably put in here. Depending yeah. on which country you're in, the requirements in terms of licenses and so on. It, exactly. In the UK, if it's less than 250 grams, it's it's basically, you're pretty much able to use it. But if you're, if you're monetizing or commercially gaining from your footage... Yeah. And it's over 250 grams. You need all the proper licenses. Exactly. It becomes a real pain. Yeah. In yeah. The bum, because you have to kind of, you know, sort of flight log in and, and yeah. log all your flights with the CAA and all that. And are you going to benefit from that? No. Maybe the audience might appreciate it a little bit. It, but... does, make a, it does make it look quite cool, but it know. does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my, my drone flying is quite limited. <laughs> yeah. a, bit of, a bit of B-roll. <laughs> yeah. I was in, I took a Kia Stinger to Wales earlier this year and it was really windy. And I put my drone up just to get, I was on the Black Mountain Road. I don't know if you, that's a mega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought, I'll just fly it along the road and then uh, just get some B-roll. And I flew it along the road and then turned it around to bring it back. And it just went boop, boop, boop. And it's too windy to return. Oh, so I'm like, sure it's, it's just miles. I was like, oh, God. I had to run down the road till I was close to it and then just land it and pick it up. It wouldn't, wow. go, wouldn't fly back to me. It was too windy. Oh, at least you could get to it. Unlike many of my drones that I couldn't get to, yeah. I think. Uh, crash one when you were Steph once. No, no, that was Steph crashed his. I think Steph crashed his one on that trip. But I've crashed plenty prior to that. Um, my one that was on the Petrohead tours again back in uh, probably 2019 or something. 
Um, and it was gutting for me because at the time it was when my business wasn't doing that well. YouTube wasn't really making, it was 2018. YouTube wasn't really making enough money to become reality. So I was kind of stuck between two things and, and then trying to figure out in my life what I was going to focus on because I needed something to work. Uh, and so buying something like a 600 or 700 pound drone was, was a, was, was a, was like a, you know, um, a bonus for me or you know, it was a bit, bit uh, excessive uh, for the channel but I took this one on the Petrohead tours and we fa we got to this amazing oh, it was just beautiful I can't remember what the area was called but it just opened up and I was like oh my god Pete hold the pack I've got to go over there and film so I ran around and, I, and I'd already flown it a couple of times that day and it was like 30% battery or something I was like I'll be fine send it up right Pete yeah get the cars to come through and they took a lot longer than I thought so I'm as they came into shot, it starts going beep, beep, you know, battery flat, and you can cancel it. So most drones today have got like a come home function, which is programmed in to make the drone safe and mean that if the battery runs out a mile in that direction, it's got enough battery power to come back home and land. But if you override that, then it's you saying, no, 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 it's all right. I know what I'm doing. Um, so, so I've kind of gone, no, no, cancel. I'm trying to get this shot. And then the cars come in, it's like 10%, 9%, 8%. And then anyway, it got down to about five or four and it was also quite windy. Um, and I'm flying it back and then all of a sudden it literally just, just literally drops out of the air. It smashes into this rock face, down into this ravine. So not only did I lose all my footage, but it was an expensive mistake. And I remember Pete and Dan absolutely ripping me for it. They're like, Joe, you know that function, the one that you press cancel, yeah, you know what that's there for? It's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so drones, it's again, that's all part of the, the learning process, isn't it? Um, and some of it can be expensive. I, I got my first drone and I, I know someone who worked for someone who got me a really good, a really good mates rates. Yeah. I got a drone and a little Osmo mobile thing. Um, and I, I was flying outside my house, just learning how to fly it. And my two kids that live next door came out. Oh, that's really cool. And I went, you think that's cool? What? Oh, no. <laughs> sport mode yeah. and i flew it towards me i'd not put it in sport mode. i was like, oh it's quick isn't it flew it towards me it flew it straight into the tree opposite my house and oh. it went into the top of the tree and I, I still it's one of those noises i'll never ever forget as long as i live it can because the rotors don't stop spinning when no. it flies into trees like, <laughs> there's bits of branch flying everywhere and it just came all the way through landed on the floor yeah um and it, it i got i think when i bought it i got about 500 quid discount yeah it cost me 500 quid to get a new gimbal pot <laughs> <laughs> and it was never the same again oh i'd only had it two days <laughs> well you never that's a lesson never say watch this because yeah, that's always going to end in tears but yeah and sport mode because that disengage that disengages all of the sensors doesn't yes. it basically yeah yeah again you're probably aware of it at the time but you're just like no but i've got to show you how fast this thing is yeah <laughs> so uh, drones are but yeah so going back to the to silver with his that just unbelievable skill. Yeah, yeah very cool yeah, and I, I the the bit I do enjoy about press trips is watching other creators. I really enjoyed the Evolo trip because there were there were creators outside of the sphere of automotive. So yeah, you know, we're talking to a couple of food writers and yeah, guy, and and it was just really interesting to see how they go about their the lifestyle guys. I, I'm, I went on a trip with um, uh, it was with Fiat. We went to Milan. Tom Howard was on that one as well. It was a, a launch of. Fiat 500 yeah but it was like a limited edition one and it was in the fashion district of milan yep and it was it was a weird car launch because it was in the middle of a shopping center right and it was very kind of you know 
fashion people and fashion influencers and stuff. Yeah. And it, again, fascinating to watch how they go about things and, and the, the way they create content. Yeah. Um, very different approach. Because yeah, there is, no, it's not like a, it's not like a rule book, is there? It's not like, no. it's like my previous life. I was a model booker, right? So I worked in a modeling agency, essentially as like an agent for models. But there was no way of studying for that. There was no way, there was no, it was like, it was something you just learned amongst others and got tips from and sort of build your own way. And it's the same, I think, with, with YouTube. There's no right and, this, well, there is definitely right and wrong things to do, but, but, but we all do things slightly differently. We all have our own sort of special ways of doing it. And, and, and own styles, and I think that's, that's important. And, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the, it's the... Especially, I mean, maybe we've got a, another whole podcast on this one, but when you get to a point where you want to monetize yourself, yeah. your audience, and, and it's a fine line to tread. I mean, clearly doing this, we've got brands supporting us to make this possible. Yep. Um, but when you want to try and go full-time on YouTube, your sources of income, you know, yes, you've got ad revenue from Google, but you can then do brand deals and so on. Yep. And I think that crosses over them when you go on a press trip the assumption is, you know, you've done a brand deal with a, a brand that's paid to have access to your audience. Yep. And then you go on a press trip and a, or, or a car launch. And I think sometimes the assumption from the audience is you're paid to be there. Yes. And and it's just not the case. No. I, I, well, I've certainly never been paid to be on, on, a, press, on, a, on a press trip. Well, I think press trips, you can't, because I think a press trip is a non-paid thing as far as I know. Yeah. Sometimes you'll share the same... There might be like a influencing paid, but th this is the whole, there's a gray area here, which I actually have talked the last few press trips I've gone on, including Dakar, actually, um, speaking to some of the Audi lot on that trip. Um, there is definitely a gray area forming here because you and I could be invited on a car press trip, or we, we could be part of the journalist group, or we could be part of the influencer group, right? So what does that mean? If we're a if we're a journalist, then that that means we've got our own point of view. Essentially, you're hoping that most journalists, whether they're news journalists or written car journal, you you hope that you're going to get some honesty out of them. And they're going to give us their honest feedback of whatever the product is they're testing. Right? That's what a journalist's job should be. Right? Report back to what whatever it is. An influencer. So, what is an influencer? Because uh, if 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 you're calling someone an influencer as a brand, you're already admitting that they are going to influence whatever it is that you're selling, whether it's a car or a product. So then, like, where, so then should should you be automatically getting paid for that, or, or, or do you know what I mean? It's like, or or are you then are you then not allowed to have your opinion if you're being invited as an influencer? Are you then not allowed to have a negative opinion on whatever it is you're coming on? And so I always, it's a really weird space. And then the problem with it is, as you just touched upon, is regardless, we will then still get accused. And I get accused, in fact, my M2 video that I've um, posted a few weeks ago now, um, Mark Schmark150 sent me a link um, to a, uh, a Facebook group. I think it's an M2 Facebook group or something. And there's this whole section about me and how I'm getting paid by BMW to talk positively about their brand, okay? Or whatever. A lot Joe, Joe wishes that was the case. Well, I wish that was the case. And also, I don't think they'll be paying me to say some of the things I say about some of their models. And especially, I mean, these are obviously people that maybe only watch my my YouTube but, content. But don't watch your comments about BMW marketing campaign. BMW's marketing. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, and I try and be, I'm, I'm like you, you love your minis and we've all got soft spots. We both love Porsche. 
we love certain brands more than we love others naturally because we, we that's that's the way we are that's how I, I you know i fell in love with bmw when i was really young and i still love them most of what they do not everything um but just because i love a certain brand doesn't mean that i'm getting paid for them unfortunately um and and i think when you're accused of it especially when you know that other people are getting like some of these tr- dreadful influencers are getting paid a lot of money by bmw to turn up to these awful events um and it, it is infuriating because it's like no i just gave you my honest feedback i think the new m2 is fantastic its looks are subjective objective i always get those two subjective subjective yeah. of course they are they are on any car um and aside from its looks it's a brilliant car it's a fun excellent package for 60 odd grand 65 grand um and there's no denying that that's my personal opinion you know mm-hmm. like and most of these people in fact i can tell you now 100 percent of the people on that facebook group haven't driven one because they wouldn't have at that point because the video had just gone live so you know don't accuse me of, of being paid to say good things about certain things and you know it's a and i think actually the the, the reality is it it's completely the opposite so I'm a brand ambassador for the Hendy Group. Yeah. And I've been I've been a brand ambassador for them for now 18 months or so. And yeah. I've done, if, before I was a brand ambassador, I'd done lots of videos through various dealerships. They've got 23 brands or so underneath there. So they're a brilliant dealership for me sure. to be part of. And I approached them and we, we had a discussion about being a brand ambassador. And what that basically entails is I get a car from them on a long-term basis. Yeah. Typically two to three months, although the last one I've had, I have for seven months because just car supply is a nightmare at the moment. Of course. But when we sat down and talked about that agreement, that that relationship, yeah. one of the things I said is, look, I, I need to have the freedom. If you give me a car and I don't like it or there's something about it that I don't think is that good, I need to have the freedom to say that. Yeah. And, he, and they said, we wouldn't have it any other way. Brilliant. Your honesty yeah. and your credibility yep. is entirely based upon the, the freedoms yeah when i announced that dealership the amount of people went oh that's it your channel's dead you're just under the paymaster of hendy you'll only ever say nice things about them well, <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm like well that's just that's not just true true at all yeah yeah fair dues at me i think the challenge is that there aren't that many bad cars out there no M- most cars in the route, if you compare them with cars from like the 80s and 90s, there were some shocking cars back yeah. in the day. Yeah, I'm sure you own loads. <laughs> Pretty much. They, they were rusty, they were rubbishly built, they yeah. were terrible performance, whatever it might be. Most modern breakdown cars, all the time. Yeah. Most modern day cars are, you know, a, a pretty good. Yep. Um, so, you know, but, but none are perfect. And this is the no, thing exactly. nothing out there is perfect. Perfect. There's a beautiful 911 touring here, GC3 touring. Oh yeah, uh, that they've actually got probably for sale um, at, at Podium Place through Redline. Through Redline, yeah. yeah. And 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 that car is brilliant, but it's not perfect. It's probably my dream car, but it's not perfect. Yeah, yeah. thing, nothing is. No. Um, sorry, I interrupt. No, no, no. But that you know, and that's if you actually, if you're in our shoes and you know the 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 various press teams, they they want they want that balance. They yeah. don't want a yes person. You know, the the I think the trick. Or the, the 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 trap lots of aspiring YouTubers fall into is that they think that they they only have to say nice things about stuff, otherwise they ain't going to get another car, or they're not going to get invited again. Yes. And when you first go on a press trip or a launch, you are you do feel that pressure. Yeah. But then ultimately, you you need to balance it. Now, I'm not suggesting you become like a Clarkson who, you know, with with one negative comment about a car can literally destroy a car. I'm, yeah. We're nowhere near that level, and you don't say things rubbish things just for the sake of it. No. You have to be balanced. Yeah. But, you know, 
I'll always try and balance good things and bad things or positives and negatives. Yep. Every now and again, you'll get in a car and you'll go, damn, I'm going to really struggle. Porsche GT4 RS. Yeah. Apart from it's a bit harsher ride and it's a bit a bit loud on a yeah. journey, really. It's not as pretty much close to perfect as a car is on a yeah. drive. What, another Porsche? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, surely not. Um, so, yeah, no, you, you, you have to balance that off. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, you, credibility, you know, we, we if we circle right back to the beginning of this podcast, we talked about organically growing an audience. Yeah. The way you organically grow an audience is by being being honest and yeah. your audience trusting you. And I think if you do that, when you say good things, people believe you. When you say yeah. bad things, people believe you. Yeah. And that influences their decision to buy stuff. Yeah. You must get, the same as me, people comment on, you know, how many BMWs have been bought because of you, how yeah. many Minis have been bought because of me. Yeah. Um, or, or whatever other other car, whatever other you know, other brand. Yeah. Um. You know, it, even even push bikes. When I did Cycle Sunday, we sold a shed load of bikes to my subscribers. I and, can believe it. Uh, and that's because you've got that that credibility. So, are we influencers? Yes. Do we get paid to do that? Sometimes we'll yeah. do a brand deal. But we, we're openly. If we do, you have to say it's a brand deal on the and so says includes paid promotion. But so many people don't tick that box, and that infuriates me yeah. as well. It's like if you don't see that. Yeah, well, it's, and that makes it complicated for people that are watching because then they're like, well, is that paid or is it not? But it should be, and everything we do on YouTube especially is paid. Tick. Yeah, um, make sure we tick the uh, paid promotion box on this one. We? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just checking, yeah. <laughs> it will be ticked. Yeah. Um, but just, can you believe it? We're the sort of nearly an hour mark. I know. I mean, that that's flown by. Um there's so much more to talk about. I could sit here forever and talk, um, but I think, as we said in the first podcast, an hour is about. Yeah, and I, right. I think as long as that, hopefully, it gives you a background as to you know that we are in a privileged position to be invited to to these events. It it ain't all roses in the garden though. There's a pressure, and I think some of it's self-imposed to just be the best you can be, create the best content you can be, stand out from everybody else that's there. Yep, and make stuff that gets you invited again. Yeah, back. <laughs> you want you know. You, you create a video that tanks. That's not a great feeling. You want you want to be invited back. No, but I think a lot of that also is ultimately yeah, it's it's the content you produce, but it's also how you get on with the group and how you make the PRs or whoever are there that you know whether it's an Audi event or BMW or Mini, whatever people are there, you wanna you wanna engage with them and make their trip fun as well. Yeah. You you just want to make the trip fun and and get the most out of it for you and for them. Um, and it's a fine balance, but when you're with mates, like, uh, and you, you make mates as well. You do make some good friends. Yeah. There's lots of people and you go on a trip where there's an influence that you've seen online, but you've not physically met before. It's great yeah. to become friends with them and, and grow your, your, your friendship. It is. And I think a whole nother conversation is talking about the relationships between us and them. And what I mean by us and them is us sort of digital people. And old school journalists, um, because it's very interesting. Actually, uh, yeah. some just don't want to know us and don't like what we do, and others completely the other way around. Um, so it's all—it's a very—it's a open to can of Oh yeah, at the end, like <laughs> on that bombshell. Use it out. We'll see you on the next episode of the Drive Tour podcast. Take care, guys. Thanks for watching and listening. <laughs>